0: You're now listening to the Bad Guy Radio production of Black and White featuring Justin Lee, Ken W.O., and your boy King King Mac.
1: what up it's another edition black and white it's me the bad guy himself Goldenado, the light skin legend whatever the fuck you want to call me um we got a special show tonight we get first of all we got a packed house uh black and white i got my usuals king mac jr asinine even fuck we pulled ken out the fucking woodwork tonight so it's gonna be a show uh, welcoming back Nick and Burke from 2080 baseball. We're gonna get it fucking rolling. Um, I want to start off with this because baseball is in trouble. I really think we're at a point to where kids don't respect their opponents no more. You can see at even the lowest levels. Look at the Little League World Series. Motherfuckers are hitting bombs and bat flipping like they're making 10 million of dollars. I find it kind of disrespectful. Because I wasn't raised that way, you know. You could say I'm a fucking boomer or whatever, but at the end of the day, you st- there's still levels to this shit. And baseball is one of the sports that does police itself. And when you got younger players acting out like this, where I got a kid that hit a bomb and he's fucking screaming and yelling, throwing the bat like Josh Naylor or some other fucking ape at the age of 12 and 13, like is this the behavior that's getting rewarded now? Like Ken. You got STB, you playing baseball. How would you feel if, you know, he's bat flipping and throwing shit around like he's at a hell in a cell?
2: Uh first of all, if he's gonna do that, that you know, that's fine, but you gotta be ready to pay the consequences. Now, I don't know if Little League managers are gonna start headhunting, but they probably would, some of them. So you you know, you gotta you gotta be ready to pay that. Now We did play a game this summer where a kid hit a bomb. He smoked it, and coming around third, it was over the fence, he's coming around third, and he did the gritty all the way home, from third to home. Now that kid went out for the save. That gave him a lead by one run. It was five to four, and we tagged two on him. And then, of course, our team was talking smack, saying, yeah, go do the gritty now, get the hell out of here. So you got to be able to take it. If you're going to dish it out, you got to be able to take it. I don't think a lot of these little kids can do that, you know? (laughs) So I don't know. You got to, you got to back it up. If you're going to do something like that, got to back it up.
1: Yeah. I mean, Burke, you, you on the road a lot, you know, you and Nick are on the road a lot. Do you see this uh, at the games you guys attend when you're analyzing these athletes, do you see the backflips, you know, the histrionics and stuff like that? Oh shit, Burke, you're muted. Sorry. Yep. That was my bad. Uh, yeah. Speaking for
3: myself, I don't see it very often. Um, primarily I'm at the college games. Sometimes you'll see, you'll see it. Uh, I guess if, if you, I, I take that back, I do see it at the college college level. If I go see a team like Tennessee play Tennessee, if you followed college baseball at all this year, they had like a season for the ages, but they were also um, probably like the cockiest team that that is that you've seen in college baseball in a decade. Um, and then they got beat in, in super regionals by Notre Dame and a lot of people enjoy watching them get beat. Um, the high school level, I, I don't see it that often. Now, now me personally, I, I agree with the, the thing that res that you said, Justin, that resonated with me most was that baseball is in trouble. And I, I think it is in trouble um, which is why I don't mind seeing kids do this because it's showing a passion for the game. Um, part of me, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a guy in his forties. Yeah. Part of me wants to shake my head, at, shake my hand at the cloud and be mad about it, but because yeah, it's not how I was raised. It's not how I would play the game, but this game is, is going to be carried on by the next generation of people. And we got to stop, in my opinion, trying to, to pass it along in the same state that it, that it was passed to us. It's going to continue to change. And we, we, Old people need to to let go. Now, I also agree uh, with what you said, like Ken, like the game is going to police itself. And I, I don't think I was much beyond 12, 13, 14 when we did start throwing at other throwing at people when they did stupid shit. So you you got to be ready for it. You know, if you're going to dish that yeah. stuff out, you, you certainly got to be ready to take it.
1: Yeah. How about you, Nick? Nick. Oh, thank you. I think Nick's muted, too. Yeah, that's that self-suppression right there. You got to break out of that, Nick. got to have confidence. Yeah, his mic ain't working. Yeah, I I feel like I wish this would happen to Asinine sometimes. Like, his mic just would automatically mute. But I'm not that fucking lucky, honestly.
0: Yeah, his mic's still not working.
1: Mm-hmm. This
0: is a Kenwood type of you thing know,
4: right here. I'll, I'll, I'll say something really quick. Justin, you said that wasn't happening in your days. That's because you weren't here right now.
0: Oh. Yeah, we got you now, Nick.
5: All right, my fault. Uh, um, yes, read with everybody and, and every different opinion you got. Uh, I guess the only thing I would add to that is... Uh, I don't have an issue at the college level. Some of all teams, you know, whatever. That's what you want to do and have fun with 12-year-olds do it. And I coached my sons 12 and under by default. There was no one else really available to. My whole thing was for the teams that were doing it is like (laughs) it's fine to have fun. Uh, kind of celebrate and come up with fun stuff like that. I agree with what Burke initially said. Um, you know, let them have their own thing. When you get into taunting, when you get in really over the top, like, look at what a, it's just, it's hard for me to take it seriously. I mean, kids that, even the good teams at 12 years old, like one kid per league. That's gonna go next level of really advanced. You travel ball of kids and a handful of that. They're gonna go and play any meaningful. It's just I, you know, I don't fully get it. At this point, it's not for me to get. Yeah, I think I don't like it. My teams that I coach this year, we. Didn't. But you know, maybe it's uh, maybe it's like the young kids that I. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand
1: it. Yeah, I mean, I I think uh, at the end of the day, we, we have to, like Burke said, the game is changing. So we got to be able to roll with the punches and be a little bit more flexible and what's socially acceptable, if that makes sense. Because you got to think about it, too. It's not like backflipping just got here. Like if you if you take a look at, you know, Greg Luzinski, Cecil Fielder, Reggie Jackson, like they all took a peek. They all fucking flung the bat, you know, but at a certain point. We we can relate the hard work and the sacrifice going into what created that bat flip rather as kids bat flipping without putting in the same work or having that same equity in the game.
5: Well, that, that's a great point. And. Said for if you bat flip and do these, time anything good happens on the field. Do they as it mean anything anymore? Compare that to like uh, who who was uh, who hit the, the home run for the playoffs like five or six years ago where he stared down the home like 40 feet. I think it was at, Bautista. Uh, Bautista. Bautista, yeah, Bautista, yeah like when you saw that because it wasn't happening all the time it was the city moment and it was that was all like emotion look the basically you know the pinnacle of this sport right late innings huge home run I don't want I don't I would never want to squash that and if you Go ahead, you know. Go ahead uh, was talking about go ahead late innings, and, and they and that a mat flip or whatever the celebration is. With that it's sort of like the manufactured and forced stuff. Like it's it's almost like baseball isn't falls well, just a mechanism for for people to do the fun gesture things and to me the game so if it comes more organically you know if it comes now that i've heard you guys share some thoughts that's probably if it's natural if it's truly is sort of like that's a lot easier for me to understand and actually kind of enjoy Again, as part of that moment that happened as opposed to you know something that was planned out before they go and do this that's a little bit less exciting for me
1: well look at, look at what juan soto did uh you know asinine you bring up that dumbass home run that juan soto smacked to pluto against justin verlander where he walked the fucking back to his first base coach now that's fucking egregious don't you you got to agree with that right
4: justin i think you're just upset he did because did that
6: after somebody did that to them so i
4: Justin, I think you're just upset because you weren't able to smack a ball to Pluto. You My average hit, exit you, velocity is like ninety
1: five miles per hour. Ninety five miles
4: place. per hour, and it Stay went fucking, place. It went forty six feet. Okay,
1: yeah. so I'll tell you one thing: if if you put Ken new, you put fucking Ken on the mound, I'll backflip flip his shit, and I don't care if it's a single. He's probably, you out. He's, probably
4: he's probably striking you out in two pitches. How do I strike out in two pitches? Can you count? Dummy. You just get embarrassed and you take your ass to the
0: bench. Well, I'm still 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 hitting 66 with a beard back in. I look at it from a different perspective perspective. Uh, as far as like, I think baseball is evolving as far as like how people play the game. And I'm pretty sure like, you know, one of the things they said was different. Of course, I wasn't, you know, as old as I am, I wasn't living. During this time, but one of the things they said was different between the MLB and the Negro League was how the guys in the Negro League played the game. So I'm pretty sure when Jackie Robinson, you know, came to the MLB and broke the color barrier, as they say, pretty sure his game was foreign. To A lot of people at that time That hadn't watched Negro League Baseball They probably thought some of the stuff he did On base was showboating Uh, His style of play was showboating So I just think now you have A diverse Group of Players playing a game That comes from all these different You know territories of the world Or whatever and they all Are bringing their style of game To baseball and yeah To some people, that might seem foreign. I mean, even to me, because I am, you know, an old-school baseball game, it seems foreign. I mean, old-school baseball guy, it seems foreign to me. But at the end of the day, I think you have to allow people to play the game, the brand of baseball that they like to play, you know, and it brings a different, uh, a wide variety of fans to the game. Yeah, it's going to piss some fans off. But, you know, we all know that sometimes people who are pissed off like to watch, (laughs) still like to watch games just to get pissed off. How many people on social media follow people they hate just so they can be pissed off for whatever reason, you know what I mean? So Ironic. To me, I think it's good, but I also think when the shoe is on the other foot, like you were saying, so if you do something and you succeed, but then you fail and somebody started talking shit, You got to be able to take that as well. You know what I mean? So you have to be able to take the bitter with the sweet, as they say. So to me, the game is just evolving, man. And you have kids that's growing up certain ways. They're growing up different than how we grew up. You know, you got TikTok and all of this stuff. And they want to bring their brand of enthusiasm to the game they like to play or the game they love to play. And I don't see... I don't necessarily see anything wrong with it as long as it's done in the right context. Like if you pimping a ball or a home run that you don't know is really hit out of the stadium and it costs you an extra base, then yeah. And somebody get on your ass about it. You shouldn't be mad because you fucked up. <laughs> you know what I mean? But other than that, I don't see a problem, you know? Yeah. I give yeah.
6: my I perspective on it as a younger guy, right? So me, me growing up and playing baseball, right? Um, I was, I was, I was, I was like enigmatic, right? I'm not hitting shit out of the park. I got a limp bat. So anytime, anytime, anytime I hit the ball anywhere close to that, I ain't going to lie. I'm flipping my bat. I'm throwing my shit to the, I'm throwing my shit to the moon. But, but, but and any retaliation to that, in my opinion, right? I feel like it's, if your retaliation to that is, Okay, I'm gonna put 95. I'm gonna put 95 on the logo on your helmet. That's lame. That's lame. That's soft to me. I get it. That's how y'all grew up with that. That's that's garbage. Uh, I think that's some of the softest shit in sports ever. Um, but but for for the game to grow, in my opinion, for kids now to have the one and see the clips of these guys doing X Y Z, we have to stop policing it in a way where we're saying this 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 shit is bad this type of behavior is bad look i want to see the clips on twitter of dude send, sending a ball 450 and him chucking his chucking his bat as high as a second deck i want to see that but then also then but then also the next time he comes up to bat i don't want to see him get hit with a fastball in his head because for what it's it's stupid to me and it's soft.
1: i mean okay let me uh junior i want to come to you with a hypothetical situation uh you named your son.
4: Yeah, I'm taking you deep. 500 fucking feet left. No, feet.
1: dummy. You named <laughs> your right. son out of Bryce uh, after Bryce Harper. You both uh, love the guy. What if you seen Bryce take a fastball to the ribs on a Sunday because he flipped his bat Saturday? How would you would you sit him down as a parent and talk to him about why it happened or would or how would you handle that? How
4: high did he throw the bet?
1: It was about, let's see, it'll probably be about 35 feet in the air. Your kid's stronger feet. than most. All right.
4: I'm telling him, listen, Bryce, the pitcher's fucking jealous. He knows he's trash. You're in his head. <laughs> Monday or, you know, Sunday when you finish up this series finale and you go deep, throw that bitch 50 feet in the air. Why? Pitchers, pitchers got feelings, and they, they're crybabies. They're crybabies. You know, and and Mac, you say, like, you grew up in a different time. I get it. But you're not trying to evolve. Ken's not trying to evolve. Because you guys sit here and say, yeah, we love to see the bat flips, and then go out there and then throw a ball at a, at a batter. That's, that's, that's bitch shit. That's bitch shit. Fucking a batter goes deep twice in a game, and you're going to hit him to make sure he don't do it three times? You Maybe you just suck as a pitcher. Look in the mirror and realize you suck as a pitcher that's something to look at
0: i don't know i grew up where my kid every my kid goes deep i'm telling him
4: i'm telling him fucking i'm telling him
0: hit that pitcher
4: like bryce almost hit hunter strickland and his career
1: Wow. I
2: think if you're going to throw the bat that high in the air you got to take what's coming to you <laughs> and if it doesn't come good but if it does you got to know why it came and you got to nice. that's, that's what pissed shit. me off about the whole tim anderson thing when he was yelling uh, against the Royals, you know, the, mm-hmm. his, his first moment when he did all that, I knew he was going to get hit by a pitch. So I didn't like when all of a sudden he was surprised that he got hit by a pitch and, and got kicked out of that game too. And then ended up, they ended up losing the game to begin with. Cause if you know, baseball, you know, that that's coming, especially against, that team Yeah, but that that, manager, when was that? It that was, was twenty
4: twenty eighteen. I think twenty eighteen. I, I think
2: Tim. Tim or at that point, whatever. Tim
4: at that point was still learning the game. I mean, it might like, have been
2: twenty nineteen. I think But he, he, whatever. He's been playing, he's been playing
4: baseball for at this point, you know, 10, nine years. Like, you know bro. right
1: from wrong. You know bro, when you cross
4: the line, bro. bro. Listen, listen. I still stand by. No, you don't throw a ball at someone intentionally because you can fucking hurt them. It don't oh, matter man, where the fuck I, you throw
0: it. Look, man. you don't
4: you don't want to see a fifty foot bat fit. Bat flip, don't let him hit it four hundred and fifty feet. It's that simple. I mean, and, uh, and and if you strike him out in three pitches, Connor McGregor off the fucking mound. Do your little stupid ass walk. Stare him down. Look at the fucking the bench and give the stupid Joe Kelly look. What about you know, what about knocking like that.
3: So, I I get it. I get it that these guys are now throwing a hundred miles per hour and this is it's it's a weapon and we're talking it's a dangerous reaction to an emotional thing. But so I get it. I totally, totally get that people have that reaction. But what about just knocking someone down? That that people crowd the plate. You know, a pitcher taking back the inner half of the plate and by brushing someone back. How do you feel about that? Because you know, a pitch can get away and you can still hurt someone. But we, you got to be able to throw inside and challenge people or dust someone. If you know, in my opinion, if they're That's baseball. They're yeah.
6: That's baseball. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. As long as you're not doing it with the intent to hit nobody, you're just like, hey, back up off the plate,
0: that's baseball. Yeah, I mean, the game of baseball, it has its rules and that's just the way it is. And it's always going to police itself. And you being a part of baseball or that culture, you should know the rules to the game and you should know if you step outside of those rules, consequences could be coming to you. It's really that simple. You know what I mean? Everything you do has its own set of laws and baseball has its own and has, and baseball has its laws. And if you step outside of that, you could face consequences. That's just the way it is. And that's when you sign up to play baseball, you signed up knowing those rules or those unwritten rules. And that's just the way it is. Now people can say all oh, those rules are outdated or whatever the case may be. But you got to understand, it's, it's like when you have a, a family or whatever the case may be, y'all have certain things or certain cultures in y'all family that y'all keep. It's the same thing with baseball. You know, I understand people, this is a day and time where people want to change certain things and all that, but baseball has been played this way for hundreds of years. That's just, I mean, well, not hundreds of years, but for over a 100 years. That's just the way it is, man, when you sign up for the game. You know
1: what it is, what what it entails. So look at look at my boy uh, Josh Donaldson. Yeah, everybody shits on him because of what John Josh Donaldson does, but they don't talk about the fastball that he wore in the ribs, the fucking the four seamers that fly right past his, past his helmet because motherfuckers are throwing at him and can't don't know how to execute uh, hit by pitch. Like Donaldson knows the rules of the game. So that's why any interaction or altercation that happens, it's understandable. A lot of these people bat flip and then wonder why they're getting thrown at. They don't understand that baseball is a, a sport that polices itself. I mean, look look at look at the leadership committee that you gotta have in a team like San Diego, where a lot of young fucking players don't know the game jerks and profile not hitting the fucking cutoff man and miguel rojas is getting a third fucking tatis last year is taking a, a 3-1 curveball at the top of the zone when san diego needs him to hit that ball over the fence in bush stadium you know that's the type of shit that people are letting go by the boards in this in this stage uh, of baseball and you could blame the soft generation the world oh. culture like i like to do Baseball I blame is, Junior, asinine.
4: You can blame me all you want, but baseball is a dying sport. And if you don't believe it, you can go look at the TV ratings, the viewership. Less people
1: are watching it year by year. I'm not paying for marquee, and you're that, not You either. don't have
4: to pay for marquee. You're too broke to pay for it.
1: Yeah. I'm a hardworking <laughs> no, but, American. I shouldn't dude, be blacked out from the, Sox games.
4: Viewers, view, less people are watching. The ratings are going down. Okay? When you look at certain players around the league, your Bryce Harper's, your Tim Anderson's, There's a reason those people are watched more because kids want to be like them more. When you look at like the 90s and everybody wanted to be Michael Jordan, it was a golden era of basketball. Why can't we have a golden era of baseball and and, and people want to be like Tim Anderson, throw the fucking bat 40 feet in there? People want to have a swing like Bryce Harper and change the way baseball is not necessarily played, but how it's perceived. It should be a fun sport. I don't see nothing wrong with you hitting a ball 450 feet and celebrating, just like I don't see anything wrong with you striking out somebody in three pitches or whatever. You make them look stupid. You make them fucking swinging a ball in the dirt like Javi Baez does every at bat, and you walk back to the dugout strutting your shit. I don't see any problem with that.
6: And it's literally only, only American baseball that does that shit. In the KBO, they throwing bats to the second deck in 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 the Dominican Republic they doing the same thing they're celebrating they're yelling at the bitches We are the only place that has some sort of problem with that, and it's stupid it's stupid. Every other place in the world has you know
1: we sit, here,
4: we sit <laughs> hey first of all, don't disrespect <laughs> Savannah bananas You <okay? laughs> hey, piece of
0: shit <laughs> like yeah i don't know. I, we, we I don't see how port- you can compare other that's like Baseball, you could consider is like America's sport, I guess. No, you
4: know I mean? but you just said baseball is baseball.
0: Yeah, no, I'm saying baseball. You can't compare the culture you of baseball in America to somewhere ago. else, and they invented it. That doesn't you just fucking said make sense. Five
4: right? minutes ago, baseball is baseball. I don't you understand.
0: said rules are rules. Am I right or am I wrong? Do you understand the difference between well, somewhere where this was created mean, versus somebody just who's. Said who's mimicking it basically bro the no, culture yeah, you know over what? here is different no, it's not you know the what? same I, I know
4: i know you're still stuck stuck in the dinosaur age with baseball and they've come to a point to where dinosaurs are no longer around they're extinct so when you can accept the fact that dinosaurs are gone and this is a different day and age maybe the game will be better
1: you're a sick ain't
4: fine kid, to me
0: I don't need the game, game ain't to fun. change. game's boring as shit. It's not boring to me. It's boring to you, but it ain't boring, boring. to me. I don't according,
3: need. According to World Series champion Carl Everett, dinosaurs
0: never existed. <laughs> there you go. Okay. I, you know, what's funny. I just said that on Sox fans with attitude, bro. Just said that. But, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the ratings now. 2021 20, ratings was better than the, the the 2020 ratings or whatever. I mean, it's it's okay, been are you, about
2: you're you, you gonna say one year really man? no i'm you're just saying say one year? it's been since Let, let's go year by year let's go year by year hey, Come junior on. my thing is who gives a fuck if the guy throws the bat in the air? Ooh, oh my god i have yeah. to tune in to see that wow he threw the bat in the air. who I
7: cares yeah who cares it's
2: fucking yeah. stupid yeah. because yeah, same. Why, the same reason the same reason that? people no. tune in to see
4: jacob DeGrom go up against Pick a fucking top tier batter in the league. Well, same sure, yeah, People want to see that. I mean, so, so what is what is the, what is the difference? The the oh
2: my god, he threw the bat in the air. Let's tune yeah. in. It's really so, make so 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 so. Why is it? Why is it? Why, why is it the happen. same thing? Why is
4: it the same thing? If Jacob DeGrom throws at somebody, You're like yeah, fuck that guy. I got to see that.
2: I like. Why do that people? So, 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 you're so you're a hypocrite so you're
4: a hypocrite and it's competitive spirit that i want to throw it's my bat 40 that's feet in the air. that's
2: that's being a yeah. fucking it, idiot you're supposed stu- to hit the ball well you're
4: being a fucking idiot by saying you want to strike someone out you don't know what you want you're talking about man. man you never hit the ball in your life and
2: you're talking <laughs> okay, about okay relax, a bat. You couldn't relax. A you're
4: a baseball you watcher just like myself okay you're a baseball this is fucking like delicious myself. right here okay done. You can't sit here and say that's not what people want to see when that's literally what people want to see. And, Mac, you want to bring up World Series ratings. Let's go back the last 10 years. And why don't you share every number for the last 10 years? And you go off 2020, the Mickey Mouse. Of course you're not because it fits your narrative, like always. Mm -hmm. When the 9 million people watched the World Series in 2020 and your boy Mookie stole the World Series, right? That man? in the world in in, a, made, in a, mickey world series. Series, a mickey mouse world he series a mickey mouse world series a mickey mouse world series you know
0: good this for is I'm, not Alex I'm not finished i'm not finished i'm not
4: finished so i want you to go back since 2010 and you watch the numbers drop every fucking year in the world series it's a boring sport it's a, sport. It's a dying sport
0: i'm looking That's at simple. the share, That's the, share you can look the share and it has i'm looking at you can look
4: it look at the share all you want go ahead go ahead go I'm ahead
0: that share not, goes down every year, right, know. Mac? No, the
4: rating goes down every year, Mac. It the viewers okay. go down every year, Mac.
0: It doesn't. The okay. share per okay. market. Okay. Is not the going money goes every up every year. Yeah, I don't okay. know what he, where you're he getting this I'm talking for. about viewers. Viewers. That yeah. is what I'm talking about. Share, Most with, share per market What matters
1: Anyway, what's your
0: next question there? Uh, what you got,
1: Justin? Uh, well, I, I wanted to go back to, like, the draft. And we were just having a conversation about baseball is dead. When you look at young guys coming up, like Owen Murphy, for example, do you think with his hard work and his blue collar uh, DNA, would that, could that possibly save the situation that I'm talking about? Like, will there be a blue collar baseball again, where it's the 80s and 90s type of culture? Or are we still going to go to this flash And shit like that. What do you guys think?
0: When you say blue collar culture, are you talking about, for example, like uh, guys, I mean, kids coming into baseball who come from, like, you know, I guess families that are not well off? Or are you talking about a brand, a a style of baseball, I guess?
1: Uh, A brand, a brand of baseball. All right.
0: I mean, you'll always have some, I guess, some. Blue collar type players, I guess, if you, some gritty type players, because baseball is just a sport where it's a lot of grinding involved. I mean, it takes a lot to become a professional baseball player. And then even once you reach the minor leagues levels, it takes a lot to make it to the highest level, which is the MLB. So you're always going to have some hard working players just because in order for you to make it in baseball, you kind of got to have that mindset. Now, don't get me wrong. Some players have more of that mindset than others. You know what I mean? And that's why you see guys who have less talent than other guys be more successful. Like you can use, I guess, like Nick Magical as an example. So that would be like a blue-collar player that you're talking about, you know what I mean, where he doesn't necessarily have – all the twos or his twos don't, quote-unquote, stand out like some other guys, but he's a guy that made it to the highest level. And, you know, besides his injury issues and him having a slow start this season has done decent at the major league level. So, yeah, you're always going to have those style of players because that's just baseball. In baseball, you have to be a grinder in order to succeed because the game is so difficult, the game is so hard, and there's so much – Failure involved in it that it takes A different type of mindset
1: Nick who uh, You've seen a lot Of baseball the past six months what's One name that you would consider a grinder Out of the guys you've seen Live
5: I would say One name that jumps to mind Is uh, someone who's jumped up prospect Rankings this year in particular Gunnar Henderson with the Orioles he was a like a quality high school player coming out. He made the All-American teams. Um, I liked him a lot. I know Burke liked him a lot. I saw him at uh, Under Armour, and he was my favorite bat there, um, if, I re- if I remember correctly, or he was my helium pick or something like that. And he wasn't the flashiest player. He wasn't the toolsiest player. But over the last couple of years, he's worked the program in Baltimore. He's continued to develop. It's kind of a slow and steady progress, and this year everything clicked. He kind of made the jump, and uh, you know that's kind of to what Mac was talking about. That's that's the story for most people who succeed in baseball, right? It's not just a matter of I dominated from from start to finish, and um, you know didn't run into any failure. Uh, that's why scouts like to look for players that are confident, right? They're con- hard workers and they're confident. When they're not going to have their 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 belief in themselves shook by failure because baseball is a game of failure you're, you're at some point you're going to be hit with it uh and actually the the best major league uh, baseball example i can think of right now is same team, baltimore orioles watch adley rushman play and watch how he goes about the game behind the plate oh, yeah. he is just he is a, he is the epitome of a general in the field he's got every one of oh, his Mason players Adler. backs he is uh you know by far, right now, my favorite player to watch in Major League Baseball. He's he's incredible. He loves the game. He goes, you know, hundred percent all the time. He's got every one of his pitchers back after they win. You know, he's out to the mound right away. Big hug, congratulations. Every win means something. in uh, the game and, and succeeding at the game is what's most important. And you know, th- this kind of ties into our discussion before about you know the idea of bat flipping or hot dogging or any of that stuff. You know, all of that stuff is fine to an extent right and then once all the ancillary stuff starts becoming more important than the game and what you're doing on the field and what your team's trying to accomplish because one player isn't going to win it right that's one of the things about baseball we talk about all the time you can't take one look at the angels they drive the probably arguably the two best players on the planet onto that team and they're still horrible um you know you need everyone on that field to perform um and that's the mentality you have to have you know i'm going to war with these guys we're going to grind it out. And, yeah, it's great. I make a diving play. It's great. Get up, celebrate it. Hit a home run. Great. Get up, celebrate it. But at the end of the day, the focus has got to be on what you're doing on the field. And that's what I see with uh, Adley Rushman. That's what I think of when I think of a, a grinder.
1: Yeah. Let's stay, let's stay in Birdland for a second. Ken, your fucking step team is down there right across from Utah Street. What do you like from Baltimore outside of them winning? You like the best player in franchise history, Austin Hayes, hitting the home run tonight? Uh, what <laughs> gets you all hot and bothered? No,
4: Ken liked it only because then he gets to put out a columnate tweet that columnate wouldn't allow that. Wow.
2: Uh, I, I like the Orioles, and uh, I love uh, Adley as well. I mean, I was waiting for him to come up for a couple of years now. I think he was ready, <laughs> and they, they kept him down. Um, but now that he came up, look how, look how they're playing. Like as soon as he came up, they, uh, they took off. And I also like, uh, Anthony Santander. I think he's a, he's a pretty good player as well. Um, Mateo at shortstop, he's good too. They, they have good players, young players, hungry players all over the field. And I think they got more coming just, just like, uh, you guys were saying earlier.
1: Yeah. you go from Adam Jones to Cedric Mullins. I That's like, Black History in a nutshell. I like, of nut I like I both of
2: them. It. Eddie Murray before that.
1: Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. What? And the you, cool little
2: think... Oriole Bird uh, also adds to their uh, mystique.
4: Is there such thing as packaging <laughs> Montgomery, Mankata, and Grandall for Adley Rutschman? No.
5: Not a chance. Fuck. Fuck. No. <laughs> <There's>, there... <laughs> I, I don't... I mean, people... People talk about like, can you come up with a trade package for Trout or, you know, whoever? Like, Rushman—they've got Rushman under contract for five more years at like an average of four million a year, if they wanted to. And then even at the end of that, you know, for the last year, look at what Soto got. I'm not saying Rushman is Soto right now or that he will be, but you could get a huge package for. Tread lightly about
4: Soto. Tread lightly. We have someone (laughs) in here who is a Soto stand. Tread lightly.
5: (laughs) That's fine. He can. He can. He can swing it. I'm just saying. Right now, for five more years of Rutschman control, I mean, what is that package? I mean, yeah, there's always a package for everyone. But I mean, what are you talking about? Like three existing major league, good major league players plus three more like future major league players that are you know high level. Prospects. Okay,
4: then we'll kick it up a notch. Grandal, Moncada,
1: and. I don't know. You Junior, can, the only thing that could get Adley Rutschman in a White Sox uniform is universal health care. He's already the best catcher in alone. baseball. He's
4: already the best catcher in baseball.
1: He's an amazing player. I'm not going to say best catcher in baseball. <laughs> Will Smith's still alive. Whatever. Whatever. Here's something I want to ask you, gentlemen.
4: I'm a believer in trading. What can the White Sox fetch for Colson Montgomery?
6: Why would we do that in the first place? Because For what
4: we're trying to win now, and I want to—I want a damn ring.
6: If you want to, if you want to, are we are we just going completely hypotheticals, or who's available?
0: Yeah, I don't think the, the white side is more so trade hypothetical. They're not going to trade them, but I will act, like to ask you know uh, Bert and Nick this: What have all the talent evaluators seen? that has gotten Colson moving up these prospects lists as fast as he's been moving up lately.
4: It's a good question.
0: It's for me, a big part of it is,
3: and we talked about it. I think the last time we were on when these cold weather bats, what they're called high school kids that play in the Midwest, they don't get the same respect as the high school kids that play in California and Florida. Um, So they always have, to prove themselves a little more. Um, now, Colson Montgomery played himself in, into a first round pick, but even after that there, I think there was still skepticism amongst prospect lists until he finally got into pro ball and was proven it. Then um, similar things have happened. They happened with, with Jared Kelenic who I know is struggling terribly at, at the major league level, but people doubted him and, uh, when he was drafted or when he was in high school and then he becomes you know the top prospect in baseball. Uh, Quinn Priester was another one that, that took a lot of shit. And then eventually once you get into a minor league system, they're like, Oh, this guy, he can hit good West coast or, or South, Southern pitching. Um, so for, for me, I think, I think that plays into it. Now that he's, there's, there's a bias against Midwest high school kids until they get into the pro ball and, and, and start to prove it.
4: Can Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Nick.
5: Uh, I would just add to that. I think that that's right. Everything Burke saying about there being still being a little bit of a bias against Midwest or cold weather bats is true. I think that a lot of this is performance too. Um, You know, we talk about uh, if you don't have power, right. If power is not your, your carrying trait, then you look for contact rate, quality contract and swing decisions um, are, are kind of what carries the offensive profile. That's how you're going to generate on base uh, ability, That's going to be a a huge point of a huge part of your value you're bringing if you're not, if if that power isn't a staple of your game, and then the other aspect of on base right and boosting that slugging a little bit is just quality of contact, making sure that if you're not hitting homers, you're hitting some doubles and stuff. Montgomery's been just phenomenal. I mean, go go take a look at his stat line. And when we are trying to to gauge, like, what's your pure on-base ability, your ability to draw walks in addition to your batting average. He's hitting well, right, the traditional stat batting average. He's, like, in the 280 to 300 range, basically, at each of his stops. His on-base percentage, he's, like, 400 points – or, I'm sorry, 100 points higher on-base than batting. Um, That's a huge number. Like, that's a huge number of walks for someone his age to be showing that type of plate discipline and command of the zone – already like that checks such a huge box when you're talking about, is this guy going to be successful in the future? If he already has an approach that that's that advanced and he's showing an ability to put together quality at bats, to draw walks uh, without the power being there yet, this is a, you know, he's six, four, six, five in that range, right. Still filling out. Um, That power is going to come. You see the, uh, the approach there already that, I mean, it's hard to look at him right now and say, this isn't going to be an everyday Contributor even though he's still young because he's already Checking all these box that a lot of times you don't See until the higher levels no,
0: I have a question you, for you as far as this And, and uh, Eric who's a Listener and also on Ray's juke joint He's very concerned About whether Colson Montgomery will have enough Power to be successful I guess At the major league level where Do you guys stand with his powers uh, Potential For me, I don't think it'll be a carrying tool, um, but I
3: think I think it'll be, I think average to maybe a, t- a touch above average um, with the swing plane and the the frame that he has and the strength that he'll grow into. Plus, he's already, as as Nick alluded to, it, it's it's the quality of contact is what you you measure at this age, and then those those doubles in the gap turn into home runs and and AAA and Major League Baseball.
5: Yeah, I mean, I th- I think he could be end up being a twenty home run shortstop and do that and and get on base at like a three sixty clip or three seventy clip. That's I mean, that's an impact player if he does that.
4: Hmm. Is he? You know, uh, I know he's playing shortstop in the minors, right? Yeah. Is he an MLB level shortstop, or will he get to that level, or is he projected as like a second base guy? Or absolutely, whatever? absolutely. I'm AFC. just asking. I don't favorite. watch much minor league baseball.
5: Open yeah, your I mean, fucking eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, shit. Say, I, I'd say the the only question really, right, is how thick does he end up getting? Um, and, Burke, you saw more of him, uh, I think, in high school than I did. Um, but, I, you know, he didn't look like someone who was going to get super, super heavy in the lower half. I think he'll get thicker and get stronger. That,
4: that's a good point because before you two gentlemen joined, Mac had actually brought it up that he's still going to grow into his body, and he's curious to see as he grows – um some of that athleticism does he lose a little bit of that but maybe gain a little bit of power you know and so on so he's I'm, I'm also curious too to see as he grows as a player more physically what he can bring to bring to the team and maybe what else will he lose will he lose a bit of, a little bit of athleticism or you know whatever
5: yeah no that's a that's a really good point uh, i think that that's spot on that's the right way to think about it and in the the comfort you have right is if this guy really gets so big that he starts losing like lateral quickness at shortstop. Let's say you have to shift him off to, to second base or third base. Well, I assume that that thickness is coming with a big jump in power, right? I mean, the things that are going to push him off the uh, position from a physical standpoint, I would think, unless you're talking about him magically you know, changing his workout routines and all of a sudden developing a bad body, which, which <laughs> nothing I've heard leads me to believe that uh, he's headed in that direction. You know, any, any loss of kind of quickness and, and lateral quickness, that's going to be sort of coming from him getting stronger and thicker, which, which will have its own benefits offensively. But he's a shortstop for me. Um, it's not shortstop now isn't the same as it was 15, 20 years ago. They, they position people so well, they, they shift folks around. Um, you don't need to cover the same amount of ground that you, you had to. If you can, it's great. It's, it's additional defensive value, but you can hi- hide a lot more at shortstop now than you could. What, what is uh,
4: Colson's ETA? Is it 24 or 25, maybe late
5: 23? Like What is he projected to see the bigs at? Uh, I mean, I would say 24, 25. Okay, yeah. um, I don't know that there's a huge reason to, to push him faster than that, but if he's ready, bring him up. And I, I think what you'll see the White Sox do – is if he continues to progress at a rapid rate, I think you'll start to see him play third base, second base, shortstop, maybe even play a little bit in the outfield. If if that bat's coming along, they're going to figure out what's where are we going to put him because they're not putting him at shortstop right now, right? They've got they got a pretty well, good
4: well, player. Well, right now they're not, and I mean because right. they have Anderson there. But then again, I mean if if he if Colson Montgomery is late twenty twenty four, and you are like okay, like let let's say in twenty twenty again, hypothetical. 2024 he's a september call-up tim anderson's a free agent after 24 do they then say hey we have colson for the next six years you're a short or like and walk on tim or you know do they want to make them a duo like curious what they do with that too uh
5: yeah i mean i would defer to you all about what you think the white Sox should do I, i will say this um Back in the early 2010s, I was still a pretty big Orioles fan. I just sort of sort of gotten into actually doing work with baseball teams, so I still had a, a much stronger fandom. I grew up an Orioles fan, and uh, outside of Baltimore, I grew up in Annapolis. Um, and I was really, like, big on, like, thinking about things like a GM and player value and what's a smart contract to hand out. And I had convinced myself that Adam Jones was – not a smart long-term play for Baltimore. Like it might work out, but you know, his profile isn't going to grow the right way. In hindsight, I wish I had enjoyed having someone like Adam Jones in Baltimore that meant so much to the city that the fans love, that loved the city, that loved the team. And that's kind of what I see with Tim Anderson. Um, so I'm a little bit more sentimental as I'm getting older. And I, I'm thinking a little bit more about like the players I want to see on my team. To, to my mind, and you guys again, I defer to you on all things White Sox. But from where I sit, like if Tim Anderson wants to play his entire career in Chicago, I'm going to find a way to make that happen.
4: That's a good point. And Justin and Mac always say it: they root for the name on the front of the jersey, not the back. And I've always said, you know, especially when they wear their all-black uniforms, the ones that say Southside on it, they're whatever the hell they call those jerseys. Um,
0: I mean, he is but if if you, if like, you look at T A. I, I agree with you on that, Junior. He is Southside. I mean, that's his. I mean, his entire attitude is strictly Southside. But if you, and he's a, a gritty player as well. You know what I mean. And he brings a lot of energy. But if you look at at T A, like I think people sell T A short, and I say I say this a hundred times. If you look at his path to becoming a professional baseball player and what he is now, that will tell you what type of elite athlete that Tim Anderson is. You're talking about a guy who didn't start playing baseball until his junior year of high school. And then he didn't get any one D, any D one, uh, scholarship offers. He went to a Juco College and within three years at a Juco College, he, so you, we're talking about five years here. He worked his way until being a first round draft pick. And we're talking about kids who are playing shortstop at the major league level. They've been playing that position since they probably was nine years old. And some of them have been getting professional training probably since they was 12 years old. So you're talking about a guy that has learned how to be a baseball player. I'm not going to say on his own because he had help along the way. But you're talking about a guy who turned himself into a professional shortstop in five years bro that is ridiculous that is damn near unheard of so that tells you what type of guy he is and another thing is people you know short sale ta value as a player to me a little bit if you look at what ta has done over the three years and i know this year a little off because he has some injuries or whatever but if you look at what he brings as a shortstop the value he brings as a shortstop um, even defensively and what he does with the bat ta is extremely An extremely valuable player And especially at the money That the White Sox are currently paying him Like this is a guy that you should Want on your team No doubt about it And I don't see why People are even questioning or worrying about Where Colson Montgomery going to be at In four years because To me when you drafting shortstops Or guys that have the athletic Ability to play shortstop Then they can play I won't say anywhere on the field, but they generally can play different positions. Okay. So when you stack your farm system with talent, and that's why I advocate drafting guys to play catcher shortstops in the field. I know everybody might not agree with that, but the reason I advocate that you draft most of the guys at, and at a youth age at those positions is because even if they don't stick it short, They can go play somewhere else. Go look at fucking Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts was a shortstop, I believe, in high school. Go look at Mike Trout. I believe Mike Trout played shortstop in high school. You can even go back to damn near the Hank Aaron, Willie Mays days. Those guys were even uh, shortstop back in the day. So, to me, people need to stop selling T.A. Short, stop worrying about what his contract value is maybe three years from now because whatever T.A. get he earned and he deserves. And I believe the White Sox will pay him, and I agree with Nick. White Sox fans should be, you know, drooling to keep this guy in their uniform, and not just because he's Southside, but because he's a valuable player as well at the MLB level.
5: And, you he's, and, he, just, and he's, he means something to the clubhouse too, right? Like you got to have yeah. those players that are kind of the heart of your team. That's and that a, and that's, that's, that's a good the role. point
4: because he's he's like publicly said it too. When when he get called up, fourteen or fifteen. Now he got called up in sixteen. Sixteen. Okay, whatever year it was, he said last year, um, like when all the young guys were coming up, and you know, um, and how they're trying to like groom them and like be there for them and show them how to live on the road and and be a big leaguer. He he said it publicly that he didn't have that. When he got called up, he didn't have that one guy who took him under his wings. and goes, hey, this is how you live on the road. This is how you deal with struggles. This is how you do this. So he to me, he's always had a chip on his shoulder, even like outside of baseball, just his personal life, um, just trying to live day by day um, with the whole grind of baseball. And the fact that you said in the clubhouse, he's good with the younger guys. of showing them how to get through the struggles how to live outside of baseball, but still be a big leaguer at the same time. Cause he said multiple times that he always wished he had that. And that would have helped him so much.
0: Yeah. I'm uh, Nick naked. I got a question for you guys. I don't hang know. Hang Throw on, Mag.
3: I, I got to add, I got to add to the TA conversation. Um First to tack on to your, your point, And that junior is like the first it's remarkable, remarkable path to major league baseball for TA. And the first time he, I think he said this in an interview, the first time he was ever at a major league stadium, was his MLB debut.
7: He
4: did.
3: Holy shit. Like talk about unprecedented. And then two, one big factor in all this Montgomery's played one game of double a, like we, there could be struggles. You know, he could, he could face struggles from here on out for the first time in his life. This is a bit, it's not
4: could be it. There's going to be struggles.
3: Yeah. And And there's going to be a lot of these guys have never struggled in their entire life. There's a, that's a, a big way we're going to, to monitor this adjustment of of how double A plays out before you would be be talking about
4: uh and it's always cool to see how they deal like with these struggles and with this adversity. And I think Mac always says it all the time and I laugh at him all the time. This is where you find like your dogs. uh If you can if you can get through the adversity of struggling in double A, just going through a slump of two, three weeks, you know, because I've said it before Colson, you're Colson Montgomery's, you're, you're great players, right? Grown up. You've been told you're the best your whole life, right? You're the best player I've ever seen. You're the best th- the player I've ever coached. You're, you're the best. At th- so when you get to that level where there's other guys who want it just as bad as you, that's when you start to see like, Hey, is Colson Montgomery really going to be that dude. And if he can separate himself from the other guys who want to be that dude, and that's when you know you got something.
0: I have a theory, and you guys can tell me if you uh, agree or disagree, Burt and uh, Nick. But to me, like I know everybody's high on Colson, but to me the best prospect in the White Sox system is Oscar Colas. And I think what he's doing get downplayed a lot because of his age. Of course, you know, uh, Montgomery is way uh, younger than he is. But to me, what Oscar Colas is a serious prospect just looking at, you know, what he's doing power-wise, and people forget he's been out of baseball for two years. And I think maybe the prospect rankings or people evaluate talent is not as high on him because of the age difference. But do you guys agree or disagree with me that he is probably the best prospect actually in their system? I mean,
5: I I still lean Montgomery because – to me, Colas uh, is a future power hitting right fielder, is kind of what I see him in the future being ultimately at the major league level. Um, and I'm going to take the shortstop, the young shortstop over that. Um, but you're not wrong as far as upside goes. And I mean, dude's got a, got a cannon in the outfield, he plays, plays the outfield well. And power is kind of his calling card there, right? Uh, I think it's good how well he's performed. I'm not as concerned about the age. Uh, he's like 23 or 24, right? Mm-hmm. 23 yeah, in that range. Yeah. Uh, he's going to get called up in the next year or so. Like it, age is kind of a non factor to me. I think if. Um, if the power falls short in game, like let's say gets up to triple A, gets up to the major leagues, you see kind of a drop off in playable power because maybe he has some holes exposed. Maybe, uh, the frequency of contact isn't as high as it is the lower level. So you end up with kind of a 2025 20, home run corner outfield bat versus maybe a 30 home run or, or more outfield bat, which you're talking kind of superstar level up uh, once you start to get in that range. Um, you know, he turns more into a solid regular than an impact player for me. Whereas, I could take Carson Montgomery, as we talked about, like the things that are going to push him off shortstop. I think could benefit him offensively. The things, um, you know, the, he, he's got a strong enough foundation defensively that I think he's going to give you good value up the middle if nothing else changes. And I think he, like I said, the on base stuff is just incredible to me. How well he's adapted to the game at the higher level and. And is kind of doing his thing with his approach at the plate. So I just think there's more foundational value and, and more uh, margin for error with Montgomery. So that's why I'd have him probably slightly ahead, but I don't think you're wrong as far as there, you know, uh, Colas is, is going to, it doesn't get the attention he should get. And he doesn't get the, nat- a lot of like international signees don't right, Like they don't have the same kind of hype. They don't have the same information available to the writers. So the writers kind of, Write what info they can get, but it's not the same as being kind of like agents and travel ball coaches and college co- like all these people just constantly pumping you with like inside dirt on all these U.S. drafted players. Like you get you you got five six seven years sometimes of 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 info on these players by the time they're in the major in the uh, they're drafted or they're in a, with an org. These international guys sometimes get signed and people don't the writers don't even really know much about them until they're halfway through their first season. You know, so I think he's kind of a victim of that.
0: Yeah, I agree with that because I still say watching uh, Robert Poisson for the A's, I never understood how he was ranked as high as he was in, in the beginning because I watched him field ground balls, and I was like, damn, this is a guy who got five million who can't field ground balls. What the fuck? But, yeah, I agree with you that it's hard on international prospect.
3: Yeah, put, count me the same. I, I, give, I think it's closer than, than maybe a lot of the – I like Montgomery just a little bit I I like guys who, and I'm partial to guys who can who are up the middle athletes. You know, center field, shortstop, catcher. Uh, so so for me, Colas. In my opinion, I think Nick has the pro the future profile pegged as a a power hitting right field profile with the 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 raw power and the arm being the the tools. So uh, for for me, that's why I go Montgomery.
5: Okay. Yeah. But I like the way I like the way you're thinking. I I like uh, keeping an eye on the guys that aren't getting all that shine up front. That's the that's how you that's how you get out on front of folks, Mac.
1: Yeah, I, I appreciate mean, it. I, I, I agree with you guys uh, as far as the Coastal Montgomery, like most of my favorite players in Major League history are guys that most people would consider as meh. But I do like uh, uh, Coastal Montgomery's tools as a foundation, you know, stays behind the ball well has a good approach at the plate. You know, at his age, the success is only going to grow because he's going to have something to fall back on. Uh, A lot of dumb, moronic, idiotic, stupid White Sox fans want to blame Frank Minichino for our offensive struggles when we lead the American League in hits, we're top 10 in runs, um, we don't strike out, we don't walk. So he preaches a 300 approach, right? That's more sustainable when you don't have a guy in your lineup that's proven to hit 25 to 30 home runs that's not named Jose Abreu and 40% of Yasmani Grandal. Let's just be honest. Eloy hits 30 once, doesn't smell 20 again. Luis Robert hasn't had a 20 home run season. Tim Anderson did it once. Mokata did it once. So when I got fans that are trying to fire the hitting coach because the team is hitting the ball, That's an issue for me. Well, on the outside looking in, what do you guys see in regards to the White Sox offense, and who would you point the uh, finger at? So, for me,
3: I think we can all agree the the White Sox, for a variety of reasons, are the most underperforming roster in the AL Central, um, and from from a talent perspective, maybe you don't agree, but that's my opinion. I agree. To to look at this team and say no one has 15 home runs like, and we're at a ballpark where the ball is usually flying out during the summer months like that it's 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 messed up to me. Um, I I don't know I don't know whose problem it is. If if their hitting philosophy truly is uh, to not take walks uh, and to to go the other way and not drive the ball to the ballpark that that doesn't make that wouldn't make any sense to me so I I don't know but when I see this team play um I see a a lack of a lack of fire and I don't know whose fault it is I've been on I've
0: been
3: I've been on teams where where morale is low and sometimes it was the player's fault sometimes it's the coach's fault but winning's contagious if they if they can ever put together a a really good three-week stretch um then, then they could roll and, and you know get in the playoffs and, and do some damage. But right now, it's you know I'm I'm someone who watches you know a few games a week of, of the White Sox and it, they're not they're not that enjoyable for me to watch. I don't know. I don't know about you guys. Um, it's a life. It's a kind of a lifeless team. Some nights.
4: I watch every fucking game and in every inning, and I want to do bad things. That's how much <laughs> they piss me off.
1: A bleach and tonic,
4: <laughs> or worse. I want to drink bleach. That's what they make me. Yes. Yes. Like you just said, bleach and honey. Yes. Yes. That's how frustrated I am with them.
5: I didn't even understand what you said. What about you, Nick? Uh, so it, there, are two, there are two different questions there, right? One is, is there someone to blame for what's going on this year? And then two, is there someone to blame for sort of this team not developing into a better offensive team? as, as an organization. Um, And and the second one's more interesting to me. I think if you look at like what what Houston did, what Milwaukee has done, what Baltimore is doing now, trying to overhaul um, the offensive approach of your major league team is really difficult to do year to year because you're completely hamstrung by who's available, whether it's trade or whether it's free agency, the only pieces you can add are pieces that someone else hasn't already signed. Right. So if you really want to craft a team that does all the things that you need them to do, you need to develop it. And that doesn't mean you need to draft and keep homegrown players all the way through, but there are a lot more players available at the AAA level than there are at the major league level. There are a lot more players available at the double a level, the single a level, all the way down, the further away from the majors you go, the easier it is to find sort of the uh, the character traits that you're looking for in offensive players uh, with teams that are willing to let them go, right? It's harder to find uh, someone with a good, good approach, good swing decisioning um, at the major league level because that's super valuable player. You can find someone maybe who's at single A or double A who has those traits that hasn't popped yet. Maybe it's a corner player. Maybe this team has no need that this org has no need for that player for three or four years because they're you know they've got two guys in the system ahead of them and two guys at the major league level or whatever. I think in order for the White Sox to get where they need to be offensively, it's going to take that type of examination of what they're doing from top to bottom in the system. And why are they not kind of able to put together major league players and, 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 whole, you know, the whole offense, um, the values, the right things. And again, I go back to quality contact and swing decisioning are the two biggest things for me. when I see teams not walking, that's a huge red flag. And, um, you know, soft contact, not scoring runs, you know, there's value in doing stuff like hitting the ball other way and situational hitting and all of that stuff. But again, that's more valuable in college, right? It's more valuable in high school. It's more valuable in situations where you don't have teams that are positioning everyone in the, you know, 80 percentile areas of the field where you're likely to hit the ball and all these other things. You gotta, you gotta get players who are going to hit the ball hard, and players who can get on base. That's that's really what it comes down to in today's game, I think. And the White Sox need to take a look at their organization top to bottom and say, how are we cultivating players that are going to do
1: this? Look at
5: Asinine. He's smiling
0: over there. This he's fucking a- pig Asinine <laughs> yeah. is sitting here smiling. You done and made, you done made <laughs> you him happy. What? You done made him happy, Nick. You beside <laughs> himself right now. He probably tweeting right now. Everything I ever said about baseball is correct. You know. But I want to touch on something because you guys keep your ear to baseball and the. Uh, you know, in the streets, as I like to say. I'm wondering, like, you hear, uh, you see the inconsistencies in Mankata play year after year. Like, you have a good year, have a bad year. He, he just seemed to be, you know, a very inconsistent player. And I was reading an article, I think, I don't know, from somebody. Somebody did a report on Yohan Mankata. They basically said, he has all the talent in the world, but the thing is, is his mindset or his mentality going to allow him to be successful? Because sometimes when we watch him, it looks like he's just going through the motions. So were you guys hearing any inklings of that about Moncada? You know, when you guys are were evaluating talent back then, were people saying like, hey, this Johan Moncada guy, he has a lot of talent, but yet, His work ethic may be questionable or, you know, it doesn't look like he has any fire or whatever the case may be. What what were the thoughts on Yoan Moncada as he was going through the minor leagues in general from people
1: you guys was hearing from? Yeah. Nick's muted. Mac, you're fucking obsessed with Yohan huh. Moncada, and that's God saying, you need huh. to get off this shit, bro. He turned truth. a double play to save your fucking truth. By okay. the way, Mac, it
4: wasn't an article. It was multiple scouting reports. You're a pig too, Junior. Yeah, I
0: just want you know to know what the guys was hearing. Go ahead. Go ahead, Nick.
5: So, I, I have not heard anything recently specific to Moncada. Uh, coming up, I mean, everything that I heard was just immensely talented player and almost nothing on the work ethic front, almost like it was a black box, right? Like there just, there wasn't a lot of opinion on it. Um, I think generally speaking, players can sometimes get tagged as not giving a shit and it really is just, you know, their ability level means they're going to get to a ball and that play is going to be made 50% of the time. It's not going to be made 50% of the time. And it can look like it's because they don't give a shit or they were slacking or whatever, but their true talent level is just that hand getting to where it needs to be. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, So it's certainly possible. A lot of players run into just sort of the, I'm here. This is good enough for me. Baseball is a really hard sport to maintain as you get older too. your body doesn't do the same things it used to do when you're 30, as it did when you're 25, as it did when you're 20. Um, and you need to spend more and more time in the gym to kind of maintain your ability to replicate all the, all the moves you have to do on a baseball field that rely on muscle memory, right? So little changes and all that stuff can kind of have rippling effects as you age in baseball. Um, so all of that kind of plays into it. I don't know him to be someone who mails it in. Could he be... Um, I mean, I guess I'd look to Burke who watches a lot more White Sox baseball than I do to see if he has an opinion based on his eye test, but I, I haven't myself heard anything from evaluators and say like this guy's a dog he's not, uh, you know, he's he's here to collect the check and, you know, he'll go out and get it if he decides to play in a given day he'll, he'll, you know, he'll show up for you but he's not going to don't expect that every game I haven't heard anything like that myself.
0: Okay.
3: I can't remember if I heard it on him. There are several Cuban Cuban players that yeah. I did hear about it and I I don't know if it was just um, a, a lack of a real good information coming out of there especially years ago with the embargoes but ironically I heard, I would hear about Araldus Chapman that that he he had a poor work ethic and you look at him now and he's built like a brick shit house like the guy the guy puts in the work and Mancada is yeah sometimes when you I love that analogy (laughs) yeah so sometimes when you watch Mankata it looks like he's he's going through the motions trying to trying to stay healthy I think the last time I was on I was on I gave him a pass because I had heard that you know for him COVID was really bad and he got that what in like 2020 and it it wiped him out like he had a bad case and, and it slowed his recovery and his strength coming back for he a said year, COVID but, for three years then. Yeah. That's it. like, I gave it, gave it a pass. And
4: now it's like, it's, the, right, longest, dude, it's the longest recovery in COVID history,
3: but God, I mean, for you guys, you guys watch all the games for, what was that year? He was really good in, in 19, 19, was it? 19. like 19. And in 19, he was the guy that everyone that you thought he was going to be.
4: So I don't, I don't, and the, I don't and know. the crazy thing is, is I think a lot of people, maybe Mac would agree. No, not Mac. A lot of people would agree, like 2019, like that was like Mancata's floor. Like they thought the only way to go was up, that he was going to get better than that. And God damn, we were wrong. We were wrong. 100%. I mean, Rick Rick Hahn bought on him, literally and figuratively.
0: To have a, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what his OPS was then. I think it was around 900. Maybe nine fifty like or something. It's like nine something. Woo! To say that's a floor, you must be talking about a superstar. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be talking about like a superstar player. You Rick know, not I
4: told me he was going to be a superstar.
0: I always looked at it like that could possibly be like his close to his ceiling, maybe, and you know if he could just be. I guess 90% of that, 95% of that, you're talking about a really, really fucking good baseball player? That's all, that's the way I always looked at it. You know what I mean? Because to me, Johan Moncada during, during that season was doing a lot of stuff that he's not doing now. He was being very aggressive with balls in the strike zone. Like, if you threw Moncada a first pitch fastball in or, or something that he could handle, he was taking full advantage of it. You know what I mean? And he had, probably going to be his highest batting average of his career that year like the dude was putting balls in play i mean
4: just a quick quick tidbit of 2019 i mean 34 doubles which i think led the team um five triples 25 homers 79 rbi uh 10 stolen bases
0: what was his ops like uh, his there.
4: slash line was three sixty seven, five forty eight, nine fifteen. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he ever gets that again. I don't think he comes close to that ever. Yeah, again. I mean,
0: that's you talking about. Like he, that was an all star season, probably. You, you know, I, I'm not a fan of, I'm not a huge fan of WAR, but I guarantee his WAR probably was in five six or something like that, five seven somewhere around there. So
4: I would guess six to
0: seven. You so. talking about a, a more than all star valuable player? You know, so that's the thing. It's like. When you look at these players, you got to realize, like, their career year might actually just be their career year. You know what I mean? Like, you look at Yasmani Grandel last year in the second half, like, to think that he could do that again when that's, like, the best out of all the years he's had, that was, like, his best production or best stretch of his career, to think that was, you know, repeatable. I never understood that. It was, like... If he could give you whatever, 75% of that, that's still valuable. That's still pretty solid, you know. But to think that that was repeatable, you're talking about the second half, you could make an argument he was probably one of the top five baseball play, top six baseball players in the second half of last year when you're talking about just you all Monte Grandel hitting, you know what I mean? So to think he could do that again, I, I didn't see that. So sometimes you have to take players' career years as, hey, that just might be his career year. That's a you know a admiration or whatever they you know the words you want to use for it. So, the yeah.
6: weird yeah. you thinking about McConnell,
3: if that was if that was his career year, it happened when he was 24. Like, yeah, and he's 27. This this statistically, this is supposed to be his career year because his age 27 season is typically when people would peak. Mm -hmm. and it's his it's
0: he's hitting 195 so it's 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 a mess yeah yeah, it is and he got paid i mean he got his money so he's good to go you know for at least four years or whatever he got it and so did half of northwest indiana they got it too
1: yeah, but, yeah, I was just about to say, Mac, like my favorite player in franchise history, Yon Moncada, is oh is a is a, is a sex addict. Right. A up. That's not that. what are you, <laughs> you gonna say for Justin You disgust me when you say Thomas. that when you have Frank Thomas oh, on the night. White what Sox saying
0: say? yeah, I mean, no, I understand like, this, like I come understand
1: on, man. you got Frank Thomas. Well, first of all, Mac, <laughs> let me make this perfectly clear. I all know right. you're a Black Panther and everything, but Paul Konerko <laughs> meant more to the White Sox than Frank Thomas. <laughs> Oh,
0: here we go with this nonsense, man. <laughs>
1: you know, I understand. has got his
4: mic over there. Me. I, mean, I wish I heard that
0: last. Better
1: <laughs> this is, but Paul Canurco deserves his statue more than Frank does.
0: I hate to say it, and I'm all for freedom, but this is why I wasn't for legalizing weed, because it does fry people's brain cells. This is the exact <laughs> fucking reason why I wasn't for it. You know what I mean? People hated that commercial. We when got they, Ken on they, they, the
1: show. Ken's a big con- Guy. Look, at him. look how happy he is. He's not happy
0: enough.
6: <laughs> in in the case of Moncada, though, before before Justin said that blasphemy, right? In the case of Moncada, though, yo, know, you don't you don't go from having a nine percentile against hitting fastballs to a negative four the very next year
1: mm-hmm. while
6: still being in your mid twenties. That doesn't happen. He hasn't had any major surgery. If he had hip surgery or some shit like Yellich, or Chapman, and fell off that cliff, then like, okay, I get it. But nothing like that has happened. You try I, to I hit a I fastball when you got no, the clap. no. He's he's. <laughs> I don't like if right. You and I, cannot I think, hit the fastball in baseball. You're done. I period. Agree.
4: And I think the last time I looked was maybe two weeks ago. I think this season, just this season, two weeks ago, he was batting like 170 against the fastball. You you can one
6: seventy two against it right now.
4: You cannot be that bad.
0: So uh Burke, you, you guys have to be happy with you know, you big proponents of uh Midwest baseball. You gotta be happy with the, the you know, the Quentin Priest, the Owen Murphy's, the, you know, uh well, Ed Howard he had to have surgery, but still he got drafted, Ed Howard. Um I'm I'm missing some guys out of there, uh Jared uh uh, Kale Nick, you have um, uh, who I, um, Montgomery? You know what I mean? Noah so Schultz. yeah, yeah, Noah Schultz, Yeah, so ba- Midwest baseball. Would you Would you guys consider this the the golden era of mi- Midwest baseball, or has been some eras before this era that was better?
5: I mean for me I think it's get every year it's getting better. I I don't think I mean right now I think sure you can call it a golden era but I think the the best days are still ahead of us man. I mean the difference in baseball up here in Wisconsin from when I moved out here from the East Coast 10 years ago to now is night and day. Like there every year there are major league prospects in Wisconsin now. There there you'd have to go two or th- you could go two or three draft classes without finding a single interesting person in Wisconsin before then, you know. And the difference is just uh, you know, folks making baseball a priority with kids. It really is that simple. It's, it's getting kids at a younger age uh, into the leagues. Um, I think, you know, I have mixed feelings about some, some travel ball programs, how that portion of the game is kind of pushing it away from some groups of people and towards other groups of people. Um, but you can't, you know, you can't argue with the fact that it's a huge advantage in a cold weather state like Wisconsin any other cold weather States in the Midwest, when you have indoor hitting facilities, now you have indoor leagues for kids to play, you know, play in the wintertime. You got mounds kids can go and throw on, you have teams coming and practicing uh, when there's snow on the ground, like all that goes into it for me. And then at the college level, you have colleges like investing in their programs now, which didn't used to happen. I mean, all of that together is just, uh, I think making uh, Making baseball awesome in this region. You, we, I don't have to get on a plane to go see interesting people anymore. I can drive my car, which is nice.
0: Yeah, I forgot to mention, uh,
5: Vukovic. He's
0: from West. Did College,
4: uh, yeah. did the White Sox make the right move with Noah Schultz? guys?
3: Yeah, I like I, I like I the pick. Um, he, I I didn't see him pitch. He didn't pitch a bunch in the spring because he had mono.
4: Um, but. Oh, so he a dirty motherfucker.
5: Ha, ha, hey, hey, <laughs> Burke, how many how many texts did you get about like so Schultz's is mono? Is it really mono or, or are we talking about a sore shoulder that he's hoping feels better in two months or something like that? I got did a couple. Get, apparently, <laughs> apparently it was that they said it was mono.
3: I don't know. He was yeah. and he was still throwing like
4: in in uh Nick, I'm gonna ask you respectfully. Can you please not make make those fucking comments again,
7: please,
0: <laughs> please? <laughs> I don't need I don't need to hear that. Okay, okay? that's a nice <laughs> smiling again. know, he, he <laughs> like that pig too. Look at him. He just can't stop smiling hey, this episode.
5: Matt Mac, you missed the, when you were running down the names. What about Alec Thomas, man, out in Arizona? I've, you that's know your, what? I, that's Chico- that's, Chico- that's a Chicago boy too. That's not even just a, a Midwest baseball guy.
0: Burke, you know, I'm gonna be honest. I mean, Nick, I'm hurt. Because uh, the White Sox, they have all this talent surrounding them, and for whatever reason, I don't know. You know, maybe one of you guys can get talk to one of their fucking scouts and be like, "What the fuck are you guys doing here?" That's not even all this even beautiful uh, Midwest baseball going on. I thought they should have took a fly on uh, Vukovich. I thought they should have drafted uh, Kellnick. I, I definitely thought, as a matter of fact, they could have had both Jarrett and. Uh, alec thomas that year could you imagine just how the the uh the the the, the system would have looked then and, and not only that they passed on ed howard to get a starting pitcher that i think is not necessarily a, a starting pitcher it's like what the 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 fuck is going on here and then if you look at their area code team it's always a pretty solid area code team and they're one of the teams yeah. i mean they're Pretty much in charge of it because a lot of their White Sox ace staff be the coaches of the area code team. So it's like, what the fuck is going on? Why are you guys missing out on all this talent in the Midwest? It's right here in front of you. So I don't quite get it. And it's, dis- it's disappointing for me because like you guys, I'm a big fan of Midwest baseball. And I think, you know, these guys do. Get the short end of the stick a lot of the times. Like, you know, people be late, you know, jumping on a bandwagon. It's like they got to see that these players are really good in order to get on the bandwagon. Other than that, they try to overlook them all the time and downplay it, you know. So uh, that's why I'm, I miss Alec. Is this a sore spot? I'm not going to lie. I don't see how. <laughs> I don't see. Well, if you're I, the White Sox, I don't see how you do that. I just I well, don't get
4: it. It's, it's funny you say that, Matt. Grew up in Chicago, obviously, but. I mean, this kid grew up with the White Sox like you literally saw him like you (laughs) saw like every day you saw this kid lifting fucking weights every day. You saw this kid training with his dad like he when you talk about in your backyard, literally in your backyard, like you had him right there. You saw this kid develop from the age of out the womb to to draft day and you said, no, we're good. The White Sox drafted Kenny Williams' kid,
3: but they couldn't get any nepotism to draft draft like Alec Thomas. I don't, I don't get it.
0: Yeah, and I I and to be honest, I'm a, I don't understand why the guy even slipped to the, the second round or whatever. That to me that was like disrespectful. Like to me he was he's always been a first round talent. Like I mean his, even his high school lure, I guess you can say, is just something else. I mean his. His freshman year, he's playing varsity baseball, and he walks off uh, Simeon. And if anybody know anything about Simeon baseball, I mean, now it's kind of a little watered down. But Simeon baseball is one of the, the public schools in Chicago that has produced several guys getting drafted. I think as far as in Illinois, they might have the most baseball draft picks as far as schools go. And he walks these guys off his – his freshman year in, in states, you know what I mean? To, to take, I believe, Mount Carmel to the to the state finals or whatever. So it's like this guy always been a good player. He's been around learning the game at his highest level because his father worked for the organization. How do you miss on this guy? And, like, if his – I don't know. I, I mean, his father eventually got canned, but if it was some friction between – if you letting friction between one of your employees get in the way of you drafting – some great talent. I don't know what to, what to say about that. It's like how you you they shouldn't be missing on any of these Midwest kids, in my opinion. I mean, these guys are in your backyard. I mean, you you one of the major players because you created the White Sox Ace program. You have an area code team. The damn Under Armour All American game is right in your backyard on the North Side at Wrigley fucking Field. So it's like it's it's no excuse, really. It's not, and as a White Sox fan. I don't get it, and and, and, it, and it's, it's disheartening. I, I can't lie about it. Every year during the draft, i will be disappointed, you know what I mean? I know they took a Midwest kid last year in Coastal Montgomery, then they took another Midwest kid this year. So, I mean, yeah, I guess you could say that's solid. Maybe they're finally waking up. I don't know, maybe uh Burt, because he, he's a White Sox fan, maybe he's been putting some smelling salt under some of the White Sox area scouts' nose or something. Like, wake up, you know what I mean? I don't know, but uh is so, disappointing you know
5: yeah I, I so two things one and i'll I'll keep it real brief um i think i can understand not being you know necessarily being midwest heavy if you're the white Sox. it you're scouting nationwide you you know you're going to pick the players where you like them I and if you like a bunch of players from california or georgia or wherever like pick those players what i do, i don't understand is like every kid growing up in chicago should want to be a White Sox, right? If you are, if you are, if you're an organization, that should be your goal. Like you should be involved with the high schools. You got to be involved with the travel ball teams. Like you got to be visible. You've got to be, you know, a presence in their life. That like, hey, you guys that are going on, you're playing Division One baseball. You're potentially entering the draft. You high school kids, like, you need to think about the White Sox. You they you, you should be you know, you should be playing at the stadium once a year. You should be hosting all the, you know, and they do some of this stuff, right? I mean, they are, they are involved back, you know, to, to a certain extent, but mm. th- that's a no brainer to me. Well, I I worry less about missing out on like a first or second rounder. Cause someone else got to him first. than I do like, what about like that fourth or fifth rounder that could go to college, but ends up signing like he should be hoping and praying that you sign him in the third round. And Ready to jump into your organization, right? That's where you want that loyalty. That's where you want that desire to be a part of your organization. You want to sell kids on that, and you know Chicago is such a um, a loyal city, right? Like all big cities have, to a certain extent, some amount of pride. Like for the time I spent in Chicago, it was only three years, but man, Chicago people love their city, and you know you want those players to think of the White Sox as Chicago's team. You want them to think when they think of baseball you want to be the team that the, the players want to play for. So that, that's the first thing I'd say. is that those, That's what I think uh, maybe if I was going to you know, nitpick, I'd say that's what they should be focusing on a little more is getting those Chicago kids that are not necessarily first-rounders but are talented kids that are willing to sign in the fourth, fifth, sixth round to be excited to come to play for the White Sox. The second thing is when you scout in the Midwest, it's a little different than other regions. Um, you know, the amount of times, the amount of looks you get, the amount of reps that these kids in California and Florida and Texas are getting, you see them so much, you see so much of them competing against good competition. You do get a little bit fatigued. You start focusing on, you know, where are the flaws in their game? What don't I like about this player in the Midwest? You kind of got to flip it upside down. You don't get the same number of reps. The players aren't as developed. Oftentimes, um, there's more room for growth you really have to go in scouting the Midwest with your, like you need to like players. You need to be looking for reasons to like a player and sign a player. And that's how you're going to find the profiles that, you know, have the, the characteristic that other people are missing. Right. Cause they're focused on, Oh, I don't like how he looked at this showing. I don't like how he looked at this level of pitching, look for the things you do like and find which of those things translate well developmentally to the next level. I think that's kind of a big key of a component of scouting in the Midwest.
0: Yeah, I agree I agree with you Nick You're right about that At this point in time we always like to give guests You know, final words So we'll go first uh, Nick and Burke And then we'll let you guys go after us As far as some last parting words You want to leave with the people What you got to say there Junior? What's your final words?
4: You know, this is the third week in a row After I complained about going first Because I'm
0: fucking white This is honestly (laughs) bullshit (laughs)
4: Your privilege is null and void. You go first, you go first Ken, because there's now two white men on this show. Go, Ken.
2: I'm normally a main eventer, Junior, but, uh...
4: Well, today today you're uh, a dark match, so get get the stepping.
2: Anyway, I agree. I hope that uh, in the future we start taking more uh, Chicago-area products, and I have one upstairs who I hope is a, <laughs> a draft pick in the coming drafts. So, uh... <laughs> that would be great so uh, I don't know I, I'm i excited of course excited it'd be great because it erased
4: erase your gambling debt <laughs> yeah it
2: erased my gambling debt I'm afraid uh, I'm excited to see Schultz hopefully he could do a little bit better than Crochet did and yeah let's go get him maybe we could trade him for somebody I'm all about uh, all about it let's win
0: what's your final words there Asinine I
6: need to uh... I'm gonna, need, I'm gonna need everybody to calm down on the crochet slander. It is so disgusting. Matt <laughs> said, he have, "Did he have ago. mono
4: too? Did he have mono too?"
6: I, <laughs> I, I, don't, have mono? I don't know. I don't know what his sexual habits are, but um, he might. but um, but uh, yeah. Taking your thought of taking Ed Howard over over a pitcher that could help our team right now. Is insane, especially considering the fact that we 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 thought of ourselves as contenders. That's insane, but um, but uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a great show. It was great hearing hearing uh scouts' insight on certain players and how they feel about how players should be evaluated and how they shouldn't be. It was it was great hearing y'all for real. So I appreciate it.
0: What's your final word for the people that uh, junior? Yeah, these
4: are always my favorite shows. I was just kind of sitting back and listening. Um Yeah, I, I like Ed Howard, but he's struggling right now. And So Andrew what? He can nine. play
0: defense at the Major League. Shut
4: club. up. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? You said that about Nick Magical, too, and his glove is complete dog shit. I've been okay? right on
0: Nick Magical the whole no, time. No, you ain't been yeah, right I hate on it. shit. No. Okay? What? His, As a matter i kicking my feet his up glove...
4: right now. Okay, anyway, you told me oh, that yeah. he came into the league the worst case scenario, his glove would be gold glove and it's been fucking bronze, so there you go. Yeah, whatever. But uh, no, these are always my favorite shows and I agree with Asinine. I don't see how you take Ed Howard over Garrett Crochet when you know he's ready to come in and help you day one, when Ed Howard probably won't see the majors till August, September of 2025. So.
0: Okay. Whatever you say. What's your final word for the people there, Justin?
1: I'm kind of Scared, alarmed, petrified. The Red Sox got an issue. My step team, the Red Sox. Um, You know what, Mac? In Joe Biden America, (laughs) I could be bisexual. Don't assume my fandom. You know, uh, Marcelo Mayer is coming up. Xander Bogarts don't have a fucking contract on the table right now. I'm afraid I don't want to see Xander Bogarts in another uniform. I miss Trevor Story. And now I've had a conversation with Thanks, well. Tim Anderson, possibly stepping aside for Colson Montgomery in two to three years. So at the end of the day, I agree with you, gents. It was beautiful to have Nick and Burke back on the show again. Uh, it's it's just a fucking shame that we, you know, stayed on the show long enough where Ken didn't nod off to sleep. <laughs> so at the end of the day, uh um, Go Sox, whether it's red or white. Nick and Burke, thanks for jumping on again.
0: Absolutely. Which one of you guys want to go first? Whoever, uh, Burke or Nick, whichever one. What's your final? I'll go one? I'll go
3: first. Because Nick talks longer than I do. And I'll, I'll get mine out <laughs> of the By the way.
4: way, he he gave you guys both the option because you're both white. So he let
0: you guys start <laughs> over who goes first.
4: I'm just throwing that out there. Damn. I mean it's just facts. I go first every fucking week, and it's strictly because I'm white.
0: That's uh, because he's a fucking crab baby, but whoever. Go ahead. Go yeah, ahead all right, Mark. Grandpa. <laughs> you,
4: your eyes are getting a little droopy over there.
3: So I got to say, I I don't enjoy being a guest on podcasts generally. I I am constantly looking for excuses not to do them, but I, I like coming on to this one. Um, and I think I figured it out because. As a White Sox fan, I'm just kind of blending in and bitching about a lot of the same things you guys are, defending some of the same players you guys are. And then Nick gives these really thoughtful, thought-provoking, long answers. I'm like nodding along being like, damn, he's making some good sense. And Nick Nick failed to toot his own hoard several times tonight. A lot of the players we brought up, Gunnar Henderson, Alec Thomas, these are guys that Nick was talking to me about when they're juniors in high school as rising seniors. And everyone else is talking about the the top players in the class. And Nick would be like, I kind of like this Gunnar Henderson guy. And I'm, he, nine times out of 10, he sees it in a player before I do. Um, So I'm just, I'm, I'm speaking my last words as, as a appreciation for Nick appreciation for all you guys. Uh, I think you guys do a great job, and I'm, and I'm out.
0: Yeah. What you got, uh, Nick? Uh,
5: that's that kind words from Burke. I like it better when we're busting each other's balls, but I appreciate <laughs> it. Um, yeah, I mean, I echo everything Burke said. This is by far my favorite podcast to come on. I wish we could, uh, you know, do this even more regularly. Um, hopefully, you guys uh, have room for us sometime as we get down close to the playoffs, and and hopefully into the playoffs because I, I want to see that passion coming out. Uh, at that time of the year, I think it'd the be a lot of, fun of be- what
4: us us thinking who we're going to be have a seat at the table <laughs> with in free agency. What passion? <laughs> what passion? Come on, that's now. the passion. I'll tell right you what. There come November we'll invite you on and we're going to talk about our biggest offseason move of who we're trading. That's going to be the biggest move. All right. Well that, that, that I, hope could be, it's,
5: that, I hope it's that bum at third base. That could be, that could be fun too, but I I'm holding, I'm crossing my fingers that there's still some fun baseball left in the next, uh, next six weeks here. Um, and actually even before Burke said those, uh, those nice things about me, I was going to just point out, uh, cause I'm finishing up some coverage of, uh, Cape Cod League. I did uh, the collegiate national team for D1 Baseball. Uh, for, for those of y'all who don't know, Burke covers uh, the Midwest, uh, all of the Midwest in college baseball for D1Baseball.com. And it's legit the best coverage out there, uh, specifically re- relating to the, the Midwest. Um, you know, I know uh, times are tight. Uh, money's not, not easy to come by sometimes. But if you're at all interested in college baseball, if you're a Midwest dude that wants to know what's going on at the collegiate level, you got kids. You want to know what programs they should be interested. in, You want to read about everything having to do with Midwest baseball. Uh, you know, cough up that subscription and and subscribe because you know Burke's one of the few writers that I, I go out of my way to read. Uh, he's great at what he does, and uh, that that's that that would be my my uh, my last word. Is if you're interested in growing the game in the Midwest, you're interested in knowing what's going on at the lower levels, at the amateur levels. Um, that's what I suggest you do. Start there, and when uh, and we can, we can expand on that later on. Notre Dame sucks. <laughs> <laughs> no, th-
0: thanks, Nick. Man, I almost bring a tear to my eye to see you guys just spreading love amongst it, yourselves. We don't. We we,
5: we, have, we haven't spoken a lot because I was up in Alaska for a week. So I think uh, once we start interacting more frequently, the, the 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 gloves will come out again, but right uh, now there's probably a little bit. I think
3: most you. people who see us on Twitter don't think we get along at all because it's mostly <laughs> giving each other shit about something. Yeah. He misses <laughs> you.
0: Well, I, I appreciate you guys as usual coming on, Burke and Nick. I mean, I always say it as far as with the prospect stuff. Twenty eighty baseball is, is my favorite. I mean, you guys uh, seem to be able to somehow to cover. You know, most of damn near everything, what's going on with uh, youth baseball, college baseball, you guys do solid work, and y'all pretty fair. doesn't seem, you know, y'all don't have any agenda behind you guys. Stuff is just like, hey, this is what we're saying. This is where we at on at the, with this guy. Take it or leave it. And I always respect what you guys did because when everybody was on the Zach Collins train, you guys was like, fuck that Zach Collins train this is what we see and you guys was very honest about it so I always give due respect to people who honest and give just flat out honest opinion no bullshit no BS I appreciate that type of work and honesty and I appreciate the kind words you guys said about this podcast now as far as my final words uh I already gave smoke to Kenwood earlier so your ass ain't getting it again I'll give you a pass But I'm going to give smoke to my favorite Manager Tony La Russa. Uh, When you came to the squad I thought you was going to be a disciplinarian You know that you was going to hold guys accountable And Johnny Quato comes out And question the team and say Hey Do these guys have any fight in them And you Kind of throw him under the bus a little bit. Not a fan of that. Not a fan at all. You know what I mean? Because we have guys out here just doing whatever the fuck they want to do. Not running hard to first base. Making errors. Nothing being said about it. Got guys pimping home runs that's not home runs. Like, what the fuck, man? Wake up. Bench somebody. Do something. Call somebody out. It's damn near time to call 911. What the fuck? Do something, please. I bagged fucking Moncada last week, and I bagged Is That was a worthless fucking bag. I got on my uh, bagging for nothing, you know what I mean? But at least Moncada had a little fucking three-game hot streak. But you fucking Tony Larusa, I need you to do better. I need you to, you know, I don't know where the fuck, go somewhere in your closet and fucking talk to yourself in the mirror and pump yourself up Become the fucking Tony Larusa That people love and respect Please And with that being said Bad Guy Radio is out